Jeffrey Dahmer soaking blood The Unabomber blowing up Waco, Texas and Heaven's Gates Alien modified men from apes Hitler faked his death and then escaped Bigfoot and the Mothman Son of Sam talking to dogs again Witches, ghosts and goblins Mysterious noise and hot dings Dark arts and the skull and bones Most celebrities are probably cloned So when you're feeling all alone Grab a beer and get stoned I welcome you to the podcast Strange Brew We're here to entertain you What's going on? I got a little beer going, a, a session ale. It's called. Wait, what is uh, that beer you were talking about? Shang, Shangri-La, Shangri-La, I guess. Like the Lost City. Mm-hmm. And I also got another one called Eye to Eye. Look at that one. Nice. Nice. I like the art on that. So we are traveling back in time, pretty much. It's time to get intense. Intense? Wait, I didn't bring a tent. Uh, So, obviously, it is often said that war is hell, and it turns out that it provides the perfect cover for doing something just as awful. Committing serial murders for a handful of serial killers, the chaos and distractions of war provided a perfect cover for killing not in the name of cause or country, but for the thrill of it. For the thrill of it. It really is kind of like, I mean, the perfect, the perfect storm and the perfect uh, setting for it. While everyone else is occupied with everything else that's going on, especially if you're in like London and you're worried about your city being bombed constantly, then I mean, here in the States, we didn't really have to worry about it as much because there was no ground fighting here. The biggest thing was like California might be invaded. Yeah. Um, Hitler might put his, uh, Hitler might have his, um, his uh, summer home there. That's what the plan was. He was going to get summer home in LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know the Nazis actually. Re- I believe the Nazis reached out to a couple of tribes of Native Americans to get them to try and help. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fucked up. That's they, I, they turned it down, but you know, it's like, yeah, you want to get uh, invading peoples out of your land? Yeah, we will <laughs> definitely not take your country afterwards. It's, it's fine. It's not as though we know that you have been conquered once before through devious means, and we know <laughs> that. We could do it again. Imagine living in the middle of World War II, wondering when you or your loved ones will get drafted, wondering will they come back, wondering how food is going to make it on the table. Obviously, then you're hearing rumors about a serial killer stalking the night. And at the time, it would have been like, there's a murderer out there because they didn't really use the term serial killer yet. Yeah, I don't even think Fish was referred to as a serial murderer, no, right? No, Like, the term serial murder didn't come about until Quantico did the behavioral analysis unit. So it was been like, this psychopath. <laughs> this fucking murderous psycho. So I want to get into this. I've always thought about getting into um, talking about serial killers that are under the cover of war because considering how it just seems a lot easier to operate while everyone is distracted. Well, not only under the cover of war, there are a handful of, you know, big time serial killers that were born either during World War Two or clearly to the parents of, you know, people from World War Two, which. Yeah. And war that traumatic stuff could lend to bad parenting, which could also go into, you know. Yes. War war fucks you up. War definitely fucks you up. 
So uh, you can uh, you got some of these pulled up so I don't butcher these absolutely. <laughs> uh, no, I actually I have the ones that I'm reading okay. pulled up. But let me I can I can pull up the other ones. Hang on. Okay, and it's going to be interesting. I think we we can go like one and one if you want. Yeah, let's. <clears throat> which one are you starting with? You starting with Doctor Satan? No, Dr. no, Satan! we're starting with Paul. Paul Bernardo? No, Paul Paul or Gorzor. Yeah, how do you pronounce that last name? What is he? He's German or Gorzor? Or Gorzor? Oh, Gorzor. No, that's Japanese. Yeah. Paula Paul Gorzor. That's how I'm going to say it. Gorzow. Okay. So the S-Bahn is a railway system that runs through Berlin. And during the darkest times of World War II, it literally was a dumping ground of a serial killer who stalked the city during blackouts designed to foil the Allied bombers. And obviously, you know, we got blackouts were used because they didn't want to be bombed. And it is a lot easier to see a city when it's filled with lights. And then most you of Europe had jump, blackouts jump, and curfews for that exact reason. Yep. So Just simply to assure that, uh, you know, there was a, uh, they were a more difficult target to hit. Have you ever seen the Band of Brothers? Of course. That show is pretty or that show. That series is pretty good. And they're like, and it, you know, the graphics don't really hold up as much as they could, but even this, the, I think I've got most of it cause I bought the series. I think I watched most of it, but it is, it is pretty cool how they show it. Like Steven Spielberg did do a good job. Especially when they're like jumping out of the planes and you see the bombs exploding while you're jumping out of this plane in a parachute, there's guns being fired at you. It is just literally pure chaos. Pure chaos. Mm-hmm. You could literally get stuck in a str- uh, tree and then get fucking stabbed by a ban- uh, ban- uh, fucking bayonet. bayonet. I was going to say a barnet. Uh, but by a banana. You can get stabbed by, yeah, by a banana. Stand by, stabbed by a banana. But like it's just, uh, you know, that it's just, it is pure chaos. And like anything can really go wrong and you can end up dying at any turn. You could turn your head and you could get shot right in the fucking face. So. Well, not only that, but I mean the likelihood of you, something horrible happening to you and your body never making it home to your family yes. is also a very real possibility. Like the dudes that got shot on the beaches of Normandy. You know, some of their bodies just floated out to sea and got eaten by sharks and shit. Yeah, so. that's true. And those dolphins probably raped them. No, they were dead. Dolphins don't. Dolphins aren't necrophiliacs. Penguins are. I was going to say, you sure? Are you sure they're not necrophiliacs? Penguins are? I don't know. Yeah, penguins. So from my understanding, <laughs> this is getting a little off topic, but penguins, um, when they're dead, it, it mimics the uh, the mating signal, I guess. Smell like, when, or like, something? Because just, they just lay down and they're passive. So weird. Yeah, so so, rape dead bodies. Penguins rape dead bodies. It's it's not like it's a huge. At least we don't know. We don't think it's like a human being malicious and weird and deviant. It's just like the uh, the penguins. Like oh oh, this one's ready, and she's not (laughs) she's not saying no. So and then it's like hey hey, get up, get oh (laughs) oh no. no. Then that penguin goes and cries in the corner because of the uh, you know the horror that they've just committed. It's like Billy when he chokes too hard. All right, so the the first bodies were discovered in the late nineteen uh, late nineteen forties, um, and the killing continued. Multiple victims were thrown from moving trains. Most of them had fractured skull and bore signs of assault. And does it mean sexy assault, or does it mean like they he hit them with something? I think it just means signs signs of a struggle. Yeah. So as more victims were identified, BBC Big Clock Big Black Cock Collections, just joking, the British broadcast, whatever it's called, communications bullshit. BBC Collections says that the Berlin police knew they were dealing with a single killer. They suspected a railway worker, but finding the killer was a bit like finding a needle in a haystack of more than 5,000 employees. It's a lot of people. It's a rot of people. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially when you don't have like a centralized computer database to just yeah. sort through them. No, that you've got to talk to everyone individually. Did you do it? Was it you? Was it no. you? <laughs> you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'll let well, you go. Thank you for your time. <laughs> don't go nowhere. By the time the last victim was discovered in July of 1941, one name was standing out the most was Paul Orgorzo. <laughs> Paul Orgorzor. I don't know how to pronounce his fuck's name. Orgorzow. Paul yeah, Orgorzow. You say it in a Japanese way. Paul Orgorzow. So co-workers regularly called him misogynistic. Oh, so I get called that for uh, believing not in the science. As, okay, sure. uh, How fucked up do you have to be to be called misogynistic in 1941? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, it's very, that's actually true because he was, yeah, the co-workers regularly called him misogynistic and half of the eight killers victims uh, were found within a mile of his home. So if that doesn't make it obvious, I don't know what does. Yeah. I I mean, again, you know, this is all hindsight and shit. And obviously we're playing armchair detective here, but you can't really (laughs) narrow it in using, you know, the information that we have now and stuff like that, where it's like, oh, this is the behavior of a psychopath generally. And then if they don't, you're going to stray too far from their own area, you know. Yeah, it is. uh, Their MO or anything like that. Like, oh, there's 18 people that have been hawked off of a train. Is it a common occurrence or... Yeah, and is uh, you know obviously you have uh, a bunch of psychopaths fighting in the war at the time. Someone's like, "Sign me up, man! I've been waiting to kill for a, a very long time." It's been. I say you definitely do have me. a handful of a handful of psychos, but you've also got a fair amount of people that bought into the whole you know war is glory and honor thing because. Yeah, or I'm gonna if, have if a they, vacation. Well, if the uh, if the World War One vets would have actually been able to you know get through their shell shock and open up to people, I'm sure the. Uh, you know, the World War II vets would have been a little more reluctant by being like, maybe we should kind of like be smart about this. Yeah, you know, obviously. And they war fucks you up. Like we said, war is hell and war will cause hell on your psyche. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't fuck you up, there's something wrong with you to begin with. That's so. true. Paul was ultimately arrested. And after confessing to the murders, he was executed and they used the good old head chopper, the guillotine. Shunk. The guillotine. That were that were choppy chop. You gotta love that. The guillotine's intense, bro. That's rough, dude. Would you rather be facing up or facing down? What do you mean? You want to see the blade coming or you want to not see it coming? I don't want to see it coming. Fuck that. I don't want to see it coming. Not in my face. Uh, so in hindsight, it seems like he should have been caught well before his eighth, vic- eighth victim. But Paul hunted under the cover of blackouts and used the darkness to escape the police pursuit at least one time. Also, the possibility of a German serial killer wasn't even on the police radar for a long time. Instead, they investigated foreign workers, Jewish locals, and the possibility of British agents in the area. So they're like, no way. No way one of our own citizens is a fucking psycho. We got this guy running our country. He seems all right. And he seems a little unstable. But man, like the way he talks, it's pretty rad. Like it's just, it- he gets my blood going. He makes me, makes me think that we're going to be great again. Make Germany great again. Tom, I, I refuse to believe <laughs> for one moment that during the 1940s that a serial murder was occurring, that anyone, anyone would risk getting canceled by blaming the Jewish people. That's true. It's not as though that was socially acceptable at that time. 
All right, you want to bring it in, bro? Bring it in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For this one, we're going to go to the land of the rising sun. And we are going to talk about Seisaku Nakamura, also known as the Hamasu Death Killer. Oh, shit. We're going because to Japan. We're going to Japan. We're going to the land of the rising sun. All right. As a teen, Sasakul appeared to be a kid that any parent would be proud of. He was quite smart, excelled at his schoolwork, and was perfectly polite. All of this while overcoming being born deaf. Beneath Sasako's golden boy facade lurked a dark secret. He was also a bloodthirsty serial killer. It is believed that he has fatally stabbed 11 people in the Shizokuwa prefecture of Japan. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Do you know where Shizokuwa is, Tom? No, is uh, where is Shizokuwa? <laughs> I actually have no idea. I was hoping you knew. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, uh, I keep uh, a map of Japan in the next room. Yeah, it's right under the Nightmare on Elm Street poster. Yeah. <laughs> In an article from Executed Today, the exact details of Nakamura's killing sprees remain somewhat of a mystery. The reason he was allowed to keep killing for so long? Well, it was 1942. Japan was deep in the throes of World War II, and the Japanese government suppressed things like news stories and witness testimonies. Oh, I wonder they did why. this in order to not add any fuel to the chaos the nation was already experiencing. I wonder <clears throat> why. So uh, it's believed that his first kill took place on August 22nd, 1938. Uh, it was the attempted rape of two women. They resisted him, so he killed them. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, it also should be noted that this information is still speculatory. We have no actual, like, solid, solid evidence to say that this happened. It's just kind of assumed and linked with his crimes. Yeah. Course. Uh, what we do know for certain is that on August 18th, 1941, he murdered a woman and injured another woman. Two days later, he murdered. <laughs> two days later, he murdered three people. On September 27th, he murdered his brother, injured his father, Jesus. his sister, and his brother's wife true. and brother's child. Christ! He killed his. Uh, he killed his brother and his father. Yes, and he injured the rest of their family. Man, something's wrong with this guy. That's for sure. Dude's fucked. Dude's completely fucked. What made him so uh, fucked? <laughs> That's the thing is that we don't really have enough information to like kind of detail a profile on him. We just know what he did, how he did it, and well, things that he might have done. During the World War, right, J Japan was doing some really, really bad stuff. Like yeah, everyone so was. Everyone was, but uh, Japan was doing some pretty horrible stuff in unit, uh, was it 137? 731. 731. I said it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Damn dyslexia. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think, you know, at the same time, while you have that, that is done for prisoners of war and people yeah. that they deem to be subhuman. Yes. Like the Japanese yes, and Chinese, you know, battles that have been going on since they both existed. So they viewed the Chinese as subhuman. So a lot of the uh, experiment people that were experimented on in 731 yeah. were non-Japanese people. So it didn't count. It's like the less dead in, in their mind. I'm saying not. So they always had beef. Not. It's like, you know how Dave Chappelle is that joke where it's just like, you know what? Uh, you know, I've never met many people that hate uh, like Asians. He's like more than other Asians. It's mm -hmm. like they constantly are beefing with each other. Did you just call me Chinese? I am North Korean. Like they get a mad of you, anything, and they go at each other and they're constantly at war or like essentially like saying that they're the better. I'm the better Asian race. I'm way better mm -hmm. than you. That's how it seems to go down. Well, a lot of those cultures are isolationists and they've been rivals since, you know, yeah, know. the society existed. So, so crazy. We kind of believe but in the same thing, but not really. So let's fight each other. So on August 30th, 1942, he murdered a couple. He murdered their daughter and their son and attempted to rape their other daughter. But what he gave the, up. What the fuck? 
either a struggle or you know he made too much noise and was alerted oh, to, or fuck. people were alerted to his presence. Uh, so that daughter survived and gave a description which uh, matched a person of interest in the uh, the Nakamura family killing. So then they connected all these together to to fucking mm-hmm. pinpoint his ass. Correct. Okay. Uh, he was arrested for nine murders on October 12th, 1942. So v- shortly after, like two months after the, the final one, uh, he also admitted to two others. Uh, on November 11th, his father committed suicide. I thought his father was dead. No, his, his, uh, hey, I, I thought he killed his father and his brother. He murdered his brother, injured his father, injured, injured his father. father. Okay. Yes. Uh, his father's father committed suicide. I'm assuming Seppuku for dishonoring the family name. By Do you think that he stabbed that himself with a little sword? I don't know if he stabbed himself. He might have. I know uh, that hanging and um, other stuff is traditional Japanese suicide. Plus, obviously, Japan has a much different view of suicide than Yeah, you can just go walk to the forest and then just go hang yourself. And then uh, mm-hmm. um, Logan Paul will come videotape you. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> under a wartime law, he was tried as an adult, though he was only 19. Uh, the doctor claimed he was not guilty by reasons of insanity, but they decided insane. otherwise. Uh, the trial went super fast and he was executed on June 19th by hanging in 1944. So two that, years after that, his final murder. You know what Kate Winslet would have said? You're crazy. <laughs> That's what everyone says. <laughs> Of course. Right, Tom, what do you got for us? Oh, I know what we got. We got coming down the pipe pool. You know what we got? <laughs> badass! Dr. Satan! <laughs> Maybe he lives next door to you. We're talking about Dr. Satan. Marcel, Marcel Patois. Patois. Marcel Patois. Ted Bunny definitely didn't invent the idea of a charming, charismatic serial killer. Take Marcel Patois. Patois. <laughs> You're in Canada. You should have a French accent. You I whore. fucking hate French. If anyone's listening to this podcast long enough, you know that I hate French. Never wanted to learn it. My my uh, my French teacher, I think, because the last time we had to take it was in grade 10. Um, he just passed me because he's like, I just want you out of my classroom. <laughs> like he's like, he's like do the bare minimum and I'll give you a C. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Can't beat that. So a story we were playing phasmophobia. Well, you decided to fucking go <laughs> off. He's like, yeah, we hate you out here. He was from Quebec. Yeah. There's a guy from Quebec and we were playing phasmophobia. Um, you know, so check that out on strange brew TTV or invader Daggett underscore TTV, or you'll see them eventually come up probably through the Patreon pipeline. I keep saying pipeline. I'm loving the pipe today. And, uh, and this guy was saying he was from Quebec, and I was like, you know, we hate you. I was being quite serious. <laughs> like, I was like, you know yeah, what? We- he, he meant it to be comical, but it did not come across <laughs> as a joke in the least bit. Historian oh. and author David King, who wrote Death in the City of Light, based on Marcel's story, described him in this way. He's a guy, obviously very intelligent, charismatic, and has respect respected position is into calling and collecting antiques. He collected antiques, interested in the arts. He seemed like an like one of the nicest guys. Let's not ruin antiquing here, okay? Antiquing I love antiquing. Is a bro. Wonderful. Yeah, I know you do. I, I love antiquing. Do. And he's saying what? he's like the ni- he seems like the nicest the guy that did did uh wrote all about him and you know wrote an entire book about him was like, you know what? He was a super nice, charismatic guy. I probably would have got along with him. Me and him when, when I went to the bar, we would have had a beer, we had a great conversation about antiques. Like yeah, and where the best place to find them is, and you know other good places to hide a body and yeah. crack that beer. 
It took King years of research to piece together uh, Marcel's story, and here's the basics. It started uh, with occupied Paris and a huge number of people who wanted nothing more than to get underneath, uh, out from underneath the Nazis' oppression. Marcel, who was established Parisian doctor. Oh, he's Parisian. Parisians. <laughs> was the last name of Petois, the giveaway? Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Sought out uh, people wanting to flee and told them he was a member of France's underground resistance. He sold them a hook, line, and sinker. He's like, you want out of here, man? I know it's getting a little rough. This guy with the mustache seems to be yelling a lot about putting people like you into camps. <laughs> Which actually he wasn't. He, well, he didn't say that, actually. He, nobody really knew what was going on. <clears throat> I don't buy that. I know. I know, I know a lot, of the, camp, you a lot of the death counts were not in Germany, so it would be very difficult for them to understand and know, yeah. you know, but there were, there were, they knew something. For the up. fans, um, Anton does want to do a Holocaust denier episode. I, okay, yeah, for the fans, I would love to cover the topic. We are a conspiracy podcast. I would yeah. love to cover the topic of Holocaust denial. I feel like that I'm should be not a, saying yeah. that I agree with it. I know, I you don't. are Jewish, aren't you? Yes. Yes. And I mean, you know, when people people bring up stuff, the one thing that people bring up with the Holocaust denial stuff is like, well, why we take so many pictures and blah, 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 blah. It's like and Eisenhower had a fucking quote about that. He's like, yeah, you know why we took those pictures? Because he knew years down the line, people would be yeah. like, it didn't happen. There's no way that no happened. Way. He's like, yeah, we need to document this because it fucking happened and we need to not like I feel like it's just again, just in case. I feel like it needs to be a Patreon episode with me, you and Juan. And then we can kind of really go off because. Uh, it's it would be pretty deep, um, and then I would be even I if even because when we history about that, well, my family fled Russia, then they fled Germany, then they got to Canada, and when they got to Canada, they were like, "We're not Jewish anymore." Fuck that. Yeah, no way. I don't want to be part They're of. Like, that. nah, nah, we're good. But we I love gold. <laughs> <laughs> so once he lured his victims into his home and promised of helping them. To freedom, he had uh, them write letters to their loved ones saying that they were escaping and they're absolutely fine. Just write this letter. I just want them to know that you'll be okay because you're in the hands of Dr. Satan. What's your name? Uh, no, it's Marcel. It's Marcel. Okay. Um, uh, that's, that's just my stage name. Okay. Don't, don't worry about that. Uh, that's a slip of the tongue. <laughs> So uh, uh, call me Doctor Satan because I'm a magician on stage. <laughs> yeah. I think that I, I think that I've made a Faustian bargain in order to get my powers. So then he gave them an injection, claiming uh, was it was a vaccine. Hmm, that's uh, that's interesting. That's interesting. I need like one a, episode, Tom. Just one. I know. Just, just, just one. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Um, but it definitely was not. Definitely was not. Cause it didn't stop the spread. It didn't stop you from getting it and it didn't stop you from dying. So <laughs> no, it actually caused you to die. Yeah, exactly. Bodies. And so, so we're clear. We yeah. are talking about Petois still. Okay. Yes. Bodies, oh. Petois bodies were then dismembered and uh, incinerated and then spread in the courtyard of one of his homes. He went all out. He obviously enjoyed this and he's burning them all up and his, he's, you know what? He's uh I feel like he had the idea before uh, that goddamn pig farmer. Or was he a chicken Robert farmer? Him. Robert picked him. No, no, no. Um, Heinrich Himmler. Was he, a, was he a chicken farmer or a pig farmer? Himmler? I believe he was a pig farmer. I feel like it's chicken, though. Chicken. Chicken. Pick it. Chick, pick it. Chicken or pig. God damn it. I know. Pick it or <laughs> chig. Um, pick it. Uh, pick it. It's pick it. <laughs> 
Agronomist and farmer, Himmler was acquainted with the principles of selective breeding, which he proposed to apply to humans. He believed that he could engineer the German speculus. Dieter himself was a pig farmer, found himself in like-minded company with Himmler, and Himmler was a chicken farmer. I just saw that, yeah, he definitely was. So he, he would, I, I, oh my, so crazy to me. A chicken farmer became a man that developed the concentration camps. Hitler was a vegetarian and a painter. I know, it's so weird. Pol Pot was a history teacher. What happened to these people? What do you mean what happened? Like, it doesn't, it's not your, your fucking, you know, designated profession that makes you a madman. You just happen to be in those things. Cry me a river. I feel like Hitler was just a big ass pussy. Hitler. Okay. So Hitler was a monster plain and clear. Obviously there's no debate about that, but Hitler was also somebody who was absolutely manipulated by those around him. And the man was out gacked out of his mind on drugs between being on meth most of the time to keep him going and then being thrown on, um, barbiturates to knock him out when need be. Hitler was not in his right mind. He was a mouthpiece. Like he was a charismatic Awful, I think effective, exactly. Bastard, but and, and guess what? He, he was puppeted. Other people pushing him and push, and yeah, exactly. He was puppeted by by the reptilians. Ding, ding, ding. And the Thule Society also helped fucking yeah. you know to, to, to form Hitler. Like no, there were to, to blame it all on Hitler is an understatement because there was an entire political system. Mm-hmm. Engaged in the you know systematic extermination well, of yeah. multiple, and then you have peoples. I've said this before, right? You have Roosevelt that didn't really care about the oppression of the Jews. He was more or less mad that they got hit by Japan, but then historians will say that he provoked it and that he wanted no, it to happen. He didn't want it to happen. He knew it was going to happen. Yeah. And he let it happen, and so then so he Roosevelt could bring himself in a immense war. pressure from Churchill mm-hmm. because Roosevelt, most of the American population didn't want to get into the war. They were like, "Nah, fuck that." And then it wasn't until Pearl Harbor that Pearl Harbor, much like another event where a couple buildings fell down, yep. just whipped the country up into a fervor and was like, all right, let's go get them Jap bastards. Like Americans hated Japanese much more than they actually, uh, you know, hated the Germans. Yeah. And this guy looks like a fucking psychopath. The dude looks super familiar. He looks like an actor that I can't place the uh, the mind of. His the, eyes the look right like now. he's staring. One side of is into your soul and the other side is into your, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's staring into your soul. He's staring deep into your soul. So it's not known how many people he killed, although the official count is 27, which is pretty intense. And it is believed maybe it's closer to 150, 150 slain victims. I mean, that's not uncommon for the time, though. That's not even uncommon for now. We like How many people did Bundy kill? We don't know for sure. Now, like 30. <laughs> Maybe less. So hear, hear me out. Going back in I think time it was less. on this, you think this also happened during the Underground Railroad? So during- anytime you're trying to smuggle somebody out, you're, you're going to have a, uh, a higher likelihood to get away with the murders. Like uh, yeah. the coyotes at the border now that helps uh, bring you know immigrants across uh, the yeah. U.S.-Mexico border. I'm sure there's plenty of, you know human trafficking and shit that occurs through that it's it's if there's a situation that's exploitable by you know sociopaths and it's going to happen they're going to do it yeah 100 percent. marcel was eventually captured after his home caught fire and police discovered the remnants of some of his victims and he was found guilty and executed and i wonder if he tried to burn the house down to get rid of evidence did they uh they, they don't detail how he was executed. Let's find out. I bet you it was guillotine. They love that fucking head chopper, don't they? 
And a lot of times for everyone that like, you know, I eventually definitely have a whole book about crime and punishment and I would really like to get into um, different ways they executed people. Guillotine, baby. Was the guillotine? Oh, it's France in the fucking 40s. Yeah. I think the last time someone was executed by guillotine in France was like 1976. Well, and yeah, and um, so... The guillotine barely worked, though. It took no, them it a couple the chops. No, it didn't. I heard that it took a couple chops. No, guillotine was always the one that... So, like, most, um, like, choppy chops with, like, a sword or an axe, yeah. that took multiples. But the whole reason the guillotine was there is because it was just singled up. Like, well, how would that uh, malfunction? Uh, no, I've heard that sometimes it wouldn't go all the way through. And then you'd have heads roll in the basket. And obviously there's still motor functions in like their nervous systems that are working. Well, they sit, what, and you see blink them. Yeah, they blink. Like blinking as they, imagine that how scary that'd be. And there's people that are in the crowds loving, there's people love this shit. It's like their only entertainment. So it's like, yeah, fuck like, that guy. Think about it this way. How many people do you know that say stupid shit like, oh man, I wish that they would execute that dude on live TV. Like, I'd tune in. I'd totally watch. It's like, why? I know. Why? There's only one person. It's a fascination with death and it's a human thing, yeah. but like. Only one person I'd I, like I, to I don't see. know, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to say who. He doesn't not need to be executed. Who. He yeah. needs to have a minimum wage job working with truckers where the management turns a blind eye to the beatings he receives daily. Yeah. Or um, what else did you say? Um, the whole uh, um, stockade would be a great idea. Throw tomatoes at him. Rotten fruit, only yeah. rotten fruit and rotten eggs, and you know, let people shove stuff up his ass. Yeah, and like thing. go right up to his face and like put your butthole directly on his nose and let out a big oh, fart. I would eat just you know Taco Bell for a week straight. Walk up, drop trow, and just fucking foamy diarrhea all over that motherfucker's face. Damn, son. All right, that's nasty. Right Let's get on to it. Let's get it going. All right, we're gonna go to merry old England. For John Christie, the Rillington Place Strangler. Let's get into some police corruption, shall we? This guy looks look like at that. Speaking of guys that look like Heinrich Himmler, only, yeah. you know, skinnier. And uh, I was debating because he was on the list. I, I wanted to mention him on this episode, but John Christie was one that I was debating on doing on its own, too, just because it is a pretty interesting story. But we'll see maybe down the line a couple of years if we end up diving into him fully. But he's a pretty interesting character. And, you know, Mr. Christie, we love your cookies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure do. Sure do, Mr. Christie. So according to the Radio Times, when Christie was just eight years old, he stood at the side of his grandfather's open coffin and told mourners that he was gripped by a fascination with death. And not even just death, but the body itself. He went on to have repeated run-ins with the law and sex workers, oh, which also in turn had him have more run-ins with the law. Also broke up his marriage because his wife knew that he was frequenting um, sex workers. So it wasn't until World War II that he gained a position which would help him get away with murder. Having already been kicked out of the Royal Air Force, Christie served as a signalman in the British Army during World War I. During June 1918, he was wounded in a mustard gas attack and convalesced in a hospital in Calais. I'm mispronouncing that. Sorry, England. Don't hate me. He later claimed that the attack left him blind and mute for three years. But there is no historical evidence for this. His inability to speak much above a whisper was likely a psychological reaction to the gassing, not a physical one. Oh, shit. So, having already been kicked out of the Royal Air Force, Christie got accepted into the police force, despite already having served time in prison for causing grievously body harm and grievous bodily harm and a series of petty crimes. 
That was in 1936. And in just a few years later, in 1943, his reign of chaos and murder would begin. Chaos. Mr. So Christie, Christie we love your cookies. <laughs> Christie was a member in good standing in the police department. And because of this, it is believed he used his authority to remain above suspicion. When he resigned, he could even keep killing if he wanted. Wow. His victims included Beryl Evans and her 13-month-old daughter, Geraldine. What's her name? Beryl? What's her name? Beryl. B-E-R-Y-L. Beryl Evans. What a fucking horrible name. <laughs> and her 13-month-old daughter, Geraldine. <clears throat> but to make the story even more heartbreaking, Beryl's husband, Timothy, was accused of these murders. While on the stand, he insisted the killer was none other than Christy himself. It wasn't me. It was fucking that cookie man. It was that guy that fucking makes all those cookies for the kids. He, he brought the cookies dude. over and he uh, he murdered my family. But the <laughs> cookies were pretty on point. Uh, his pleas were unheeded and Timothy was charged with her murder, found guilty under a forced coerced confession, which he later retracted before the, the trial. Uh, and he was hanged. Hung. After, Billy after the trial, Christy <laughs> continued killing up until 1953. He was finally arrested, found guilty of killing at least eight women, and Jesus. then hanged. He was hanged by the same hangman who hanged uh, Evans as well. How many times can you uh, say hanged? Hanged, 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 <laughs> okay. hanged, hanged, hanged. According to the BBC, Timothy Evans was posthumously pardoned in 1966. So they basically you know, said, we're sorry. We're sorry for killing you, even though we know you didn't do it. When did Mr. Christie start making cookies? Because is this the same Mr. Christie? And he Mr. like Christie got, is still alive today. Is he actually cookies from beyond the grave? No, he got hanged by this. I just said that he got hanged <laughs> by the same person that hanged Evans. So crazy. Let's talk about uh, Eddie Leonsky. Leonsky sex, baby. Eddie looks like a cheerful man. Looks like a nice guy. Oh my God. He looks like uh Milton Berle and Andy Griffith. Sorry, he looks like <laughs> Milton Berle and Ross Perot had a fucking love child. Strange. So Eddie Leonsky. Haunting. When a woman started when women started turning up dead in the morning after brownouts, I have a brownout every morning when I wake up. <laughs> so brownouts, which are you saying you shit your pants? Yep. So which oh. they're were sort of uh they were kind of like blackouts of World War II but less severe. In Melbourne, Australia, shit's going down there all the time. It wasn't long before witnesses came forward claiming to have seen the women with American GI. Historian Bart Zinno, nice name, of Deakin University says there was a sense it there was a sense it had been an American serviceman only for comfort that it couldn't be one of us. So it's just like, well, it's not one of the Australians. We're, we're nice. We put shrimps on the Bobby. So <laughs> the witnesses were right after Brit- uh, Britain refused to reinforce and protect Australia from fighting in the Pacific. President Rose- Franklin D. Roosevelt did along with 250,000 troops came private Eddie Leonsky. Franklin, t- Franklin, tiny legs, Roosevelt, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, did he have tiny legs? Polio, bro. That's why he wore the blanket. <laughs> oh, yeah. Poor, poor Roosevelt. A New Jersey native with a, per- uh, with, um, with a personal and family history of violence, substance abuse, and mental illness. That's the perfect person that you want in war because he won't give Yo, two yeah. shits. Nope. They're most likely going to come out relatively unchanged. Yeah. Unless they're, you know, they get a taste for it, in which case you're fucked. Exactly. So after, um, uh, though he served uh, with those who served with him, knew him as an angry drunk who craved attention and all and it, his ways did not change change when he was in Australia. 
He was the same, but he just, he seems like a happy go lucky dude. Smiling fucking ear to ear, big goofy ass ears. You know, he really does have just a Milton Berle, Jack Nicholson, Joker smile. To- That's true. That is. <laughs> After the third body was discovered, strangled in various states of undress. So, um, he was doing the, some of the, some of the touching. So he was, he was getting a little, uh, post homicide coitus is what we're saying. Yeah. He's getting a little handsy, a little handsy with her. He may have had some some sticky red stinky fingers. So it didn't do. So it didn't take long for Eddie's reputation to make him a person of interest. He confessed, saying that he'd done it. I'd done it to stop the voices. She was singing in my ear, he told police. It sounded as if she was singing for me. I grabbed her and she stopped singing. He's fucking absolutely mad. So this Can you do a New Jersey one, accent? Jawsy. Go down to Jawsy. What's your fucking problem, huh? <laughs> why, why don't you go back to fucking Brooklyn? Nobody wants you here, all right? Get out. Why don't you put some shrimps on the barbie? Because we're in Jersey. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Miller, where's the gobble goal? <laughs> Eddie Leonsky went through the United States military court. Marshall system was found guilty and hanged after his request for an appeal was denied. So he mm-hmm. literally, like, they fucking hung this dude for the crimes that he was doing to uh, women, most likely. Um, and while he was over in Australia and, uh, oh, yeah, dude, what I've heard is Canadian and Australia women are mucha gracia. Oh yes. So, so sexy. So well, that's what Necro says. So, cause he's to it all around. I'm wearing a Necro shirt right now. So I, I noticed <laughs> it's a sweet shirt though. You would like all of his shit. His designs are all like horror based, like really creepy. Yeah, like that's pretty zombie. dope. I like it. And then at the back, oh, wait, what does it say? Okay. Fucking turn Society just can't understand me. Die. <laughs> Society just can't understand me. Die. I don't I don't know if that phrase works very well, but okay. <laughs> yeah, his he literally had an album called Die. Okay. There's a whole album that's called Die. This is not even from that album. It's from his new album. His new album was called The Notorious Goriest. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, it's Glorious. Awesome. All right, so let's get into it. We are going to go back to the land of the rising sun. Talking about that Mikura guy? My curry? We are going to go for Miyuku Ishikawa. There she is being escorted out of the courtroom. What's with um what's with their glasses, man? I love those glasses. Like the round monocle glasses. Yeah. I love them. I don't know why. I, Japanese fashion is just like, I mean, especially like World War II Japanese fashion, just I'm in, I've said I'm interested by all cultures. If I could, if I had the money, I would travel around the world and meet every single person because I love every everybody. Everybody love everybody. I love every human. Everybody love everybody except for some brainwashed propagandists. So, in her early life, Ishikawa was born in Kunitomi Miyazaki. Is this a girl? At, and yes, so professor and graduated from the University of Tokyo. She later married Takashi. Takashi Ishikawa. <laughs> the relationship did not produce any children. She worked as a hospital director in the Kotobuki Maternity Hospital, Kotobuki Sanin, and was an experienced midwife. So she helped uh, women give birth. Yep. So uh, she was a Japanese midwife and serial killer who is believed to have murdered many infants with the aid of several accomplices throughout the 1940s. Jesus. It is estimated that her victims numbered between 85 to 169. However, the Jesus general estimate fuck. is 103. 
That is the uh, the general estimate that they're like, this is kind of where we're going to settle on the 103. Jesus. So when she was finally apprehended, the Tokyo High Court's four-year sentence she received was remarkably light, considering that Miyoki's actions resulted in a death toll so high that it remains unrivaled by any other serial killer in Japan. That includes Shinrikyo. Yes. Wow, that's fucking nuts. And then there's, there's that Japanese cannibal I want to get into eventually, too. Yes, Very yes, yes, yes. Um, According to a report of Children's Rainbow Center writer Kenji Yamamoto referred to the incident as unbelievable and unbearable. Rainbow Center? Is that where they took all the LGBTQ plus during the war? Shut your whore mouth. <laughs> no, we were sent to the capes, just like everyone else. <laughs> True. Uh, so in the 1940s, there were many babies in her maternity hospital, and Miyuki found herself facing what she perceived to be something of a quandary. The parents of many of these infants were poor and unable to raise their children properly without financial struggle. And she herself was unable to help the infants because of a lack of social and charitable services. So how, so how do we how do we solve this problem? Well, murder is really the only clear option here, right? Infanticide. It's just a super, 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 super late term abortion. Yeah, super, super late. Super, super real late term abortion. It's like, you know, you have the partial birth abortions. This is a full birth, couple weeks later abortion. Take that, Christians. No. <laughs> um, uh, so in order to solve this dilemma, Ishikawa chose to neglect numerous infants, many of whom died as a res- direct result of this abuse. So much like the uh, the Chinese killing rooms that are alleged to exist. Yeah, that'd be uh, interesting. Baby, into baby death rooms where you just leave them and starve the babies. That's it? They just leave them there? Yeah, it's fucked. What's that uh, prom night dumpster baby? I feel like being a prom night dumpster baby is elite, is like a step above because you'll probably die quicker than you would just being left in a hospital. Yeah, you're right. Um, Hospitals kill people more likely than they are to save you. Almost almost (laughs) all of the other midwives employed by the Kotobuki Maternity Hospital were disgusted by this practice and resigned from their positions because it's like, I'm not going to sit here while you fucking leave babies to starve because you can't think of a better plan. Uh, Later, she also attempted to garner payment for these murders. She and her husband, Takashi, solicited large sums of money from the parents, claiming it would be less than the actual expense of raising these unwanted children. Jesus. Here, pay me, pay me, and I'll kill your kids. And I'll kill your kids. (laughs) Yep. What the fuck? See, if she would have just gotten the nice, big, bronze bowl, started a little fire thrown those kids in there. I bet you she'd had the blessing of Moloch. That's what I was going to say. Probably Moloch would show up and he'd be like, ah, uh, you know what? I like you lady. I like you. You're <laughs> feeding me kids. They're really good. <laughs> All right. Uh, so she was, uh, Shiro Nakayama was also complicit in this scheme and aided the couple by falsifying death certificates. The Shinjuku office ignored their actions. So, during her arrest and trial, two police officers from the Wasidi police station accidentally found the remains of five of Ishikawa's victims on January 12, 1948. Autopsies performed on the bodies of the five babies proved that they had not died of natural causes. She and Takashi were arrested on January 15, 1948, which I believe is two years after Hiroshima and Nagasaki were destroyed. Yep. This is just post-war Japan. Crazy. Uh, Two police officers, um, the victims were deserted children, and she insisted that the parents were responsible for their deaths. The public supported the assertion, but Yoriko Miyamoto criticized them, saying it was an example of discrimination. 
Upon further investigation, the police found over 40 dead bodies in the house of a mortician. Jesus 30 corpses Christ. were later discovered in a temple. The sheer number of dead bodies recovered and the length of time over which the murders took place made it difficult for the authorities to determine the exact number of victims. Consequently, consequentially, the exact death toll remains unknown. The authorities viewed her homicides as a crime of omission. In the Tokyo District Court, Ishikawa was sentenced to eight years in prison. Takeshi and Dr. Shiro Nakayama were each sentenced to four years, and the couple appealed the sentences in 1952, and the High Court of Tokyo revoked the original sentence and sentenced Ishikawa to four years in prison and Takeshi to two years. This incident is regarded as the principal reason the Japanese government began to consider the legislation of abortion in Japan. One of the reasons this incident was thought to have occurred was the result of an increase in the number of unwanted infants born in Japan on July 13, 1948. The Eugenic Protection Law, now the Mother's Body Protection Law, and a national examination system for midwives was established. On June 24, 1949, abortion for economic reasons was legalized under the Eugenic Protection Law in Japan. You poor? You poor? Kill your baby. Well, it's it is funny because the the more the poorer you are and the less educated you are, the more kids you have, which is pretty mm-hmm. sad. And then now we have this generation of idiots. So I wonder why. She's, there's no way she's still alive, right? <laughs> no way. That'd be crazy. But her nickname was the Oni Sanba, the demon midwife. She's that character in um Devour. The spider lady. She's a spider lady. <laughs> so let's talk about Rudolph Pile. 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 Rudolph Pile. Rudolph Pile, the dead maker. The Center for European Studies says that by 1946, German citizens were left separated by a blocked off, ba- uh, like a uh, boundary guarded mm-hmm. by American, Soviet, French, or British troops. Families separated, unsurprisingly, wanted obviously to go back to their loved ones. So enter Rudolph and ha- he had promised uh, and had promised that he could get lone family members across the border to rejoin their loved ones. This whole thing a pattern here. Yeah. There's another, the same thing where it's like, well, I I'll convince you at the time I'll use um, deception essentially to murder you. And his methods of killings played out, uh, over and over again, just like it did for Gertrude Glue Glowed. Gertrude Glowed. Gertrude Glowed. Gertrude, what a name that doesn't exist anymore. The, not, the 44-year-old widow wanted to go east so she could get her paperwork in order to start a new life with what remained of her family. She hired Rudolph and never made it back. Rudolph acted as a border guide, and instead of seeing his charges across the border, he took them out into a secluded area, assaulted them, and killed them. Did he pepper them too? What? Did he pepper them too? Uh, that's funny. That's what we used to do at the restaurants: just pick up a bunch of salt. But we, ass- I assaulted you. So stupid. I a pepper you. I a pepper you. So even though he was stopped by border patrols numerous times, he repeatedly was let go until 1947. That's when an axe discovered along the side there. That's when an axe discovered along the side of obviously like a road or something, the dismembered body of a German merchant was identified as belonging to Rudolph. And it wasn't long before he was arrested and ultimately confessed to 26 murders, 26 murders. 
where they they found some body and for some it was connected to Rudolph. And in 1958 Germany, they wouldn't kill. I bet you Germany was like, nah, no, we're not killing anyone for quite some time. Yeah, because sentenced to life in prison. He was sent to life in prison. So obviously, and it's funny, after all the, the stuff that was happening with the war, they kind of were like, all right, yeah, maybe we've had enough killing considering the six million people. You know, you know how um, the, uh, you know, here in the West, we had the gas chamber. Yeah. I think Germany had gas chambers post-war if they were still doing executions and they just used leftover Zyklon B to do it. I could see that. We don't have enough money to pay for the chemicals to kill you, and we're not going to raise the bullet, but we do have a bucket of these pills left over from oh, an undisclosed location. Yep. I think we will use them instead. <laughs> Rope is expensive, you know, and these, well, we already have some, so we might as well use it. So, Rudolph uh, Pal committed suicide in 1958 and still behind bars. And what about Gertrude? What do we, what about, what about Gertrude? What about Gertrude? Her body was recovered from the bottom of a fucking well and not, uh, it was only a mile and a half from her home where her did where her daughter continued to wait for her. And they finally, I don't know, some, I, I can imagine it wasn't, it was probably some little kid or just someone like chilling, seeing, Oh, look a well, fresh water. And then they're like, you know, why is my bucket getting stuck on this? And then, you know, a fucking head comes up with a bucket or something. You just pull the bucket up, and there's just hunks of shit floating in it. You're like, oh god, this water smells. Like, is there a cat in the bottom of this well? What happened? Feel bad for the it person was, that had to go down there. Ugh. not fun at all. They just had like a, a, a claw game, like a crane game that just lowered in. You're like, get your <laughs> out. like, oh shit, it slipped out. These things are rigged. I can never win this. Fuck, damn it, it fell again. <laughs> All right, what we got next? We're not making fun of the victims. We're making fun of the scenario. Yes, exactly. Was he a mass murderer or a Nazi victim? Well, we will find out as we delve into his story. First, the story was that was told for ages. It started in 1943 when Welt says the naked body of a 51-year-old woman who had been assaulted and strangled was discovered. Suspicion fell on a man from the nearby village of Kopnik. And during interrogation, Bruno Ludke admitted to not only having killed Frieda Rosner, but to many, many more. Ludke, who had severe mental disabilities stemming from a childhood fall, Head injury once again. Yes, happens a lot in serial killer folklore or reality. Was found guilty of 53 of those murders and another three attempted murders. He wasn't sent to jail, though. Under the direction of Heinrich Himmler, he was sent to the Medical Institute of the Security Police and subjected to numerous Nazi-run experiments. He died there the following year. For decades, Ludke has been called one of Germany's worst serial killers, but now that's highly doubted. Not only has new research determined that it was impossible for him to have committed the murders, but that Ludke, who had already been forcibly sterilized under the so-called Law for the Prevention of Hereditary Offspring, so Germany's eugenics law, uh, had been goaded into his confession by a detective who had fed him names, places, and dates, and then asked him to say that he'd done it. Why? Well, historian Axel Dosman says that this case was meant to support Nazi ideals about the ultimate extermination of a portion of the people. This would have made it legal to persecute all murder, all maladjusted, and murder all maladjusted Germans. Crazy. So this dude definitely looks a little simple. (laughs) Does he? 
like like he has that that half grin of like an innocent almost you know oh yeah yeah i see, see, you know see, what see. i mean like he doesn't like out of everyone that we've covered when you look at their picture you look at their eyes and you're like no that's got murderous intent behind it but this guy just looks like he's like what we're we doing where are we going like maybe the brain injury was so traumatic like that he just you know was was a very base creature yeah oh yeah he does he does look like a simpleton i don't i don't see murder in that dude's eyes and even like other people like ed gein you can look and you're like nah that dude's a little off in a dangerous way but this guy just looks like there's something about the eyes he's like half smiling in his um uh workshop yeah he's like half smiling in his mug shot i don't know i couldn't think of that He's like half smiling. Yeah, somebody probably shot. said, "Say cheese," and he's like, "Okay, cheese." This bar is uncomfortable. Where can I? I'm hungry. Can I have snack? Can I have snack? He's like, "You killed can a bunch of people." I don't remember that. Yeah, I mean, and to me, that makes sense that it would be so. You know, the Nazis are going to use any sort of propaganda that they can to, yeah. you know. Well, it makes sense too that ideology. out of the war would come some either serial killers or just killers alone. They do one kill and then they're caught for it because their psyche is so destroyed. You know, you hear the stories about men hearing a bang or something in their house, something even as small as a thunderstorm maybe. And then they, they kill their wife by accident because they got a gun under their pillow and they're like, constantly especially after the war, it's just stuck in their head where they're afraid of of something bad popping off. Well, dude, that's just programming. Think about it. If mm. Say if you and I were on the front lines of any given war, yeah. right? And we are so used to being sleeping on alert. You know what I mean? Like not going into deep REM and just staying in that half awake, half asleep stage, yeah. being ready at any moment to pop up and be like, okay, there's someone here. Fucking go. Yeah. It's it's programmed in you. So I'll do Gordon Cummings. And if you want, you could do Henry, the I think he's the the Russian guy. If you want to pull that up and then I'll get into the last one, which is the, I okay. think the most fucked up, interesting one. Oh, Henry did. I do have Henry Desiree. Okay. I thought we already did him. My, so my let's get into Gordon Cummins, the blackout ripper. A lot of them do operate under this, the guise of the blackout. There's not much light. If you think about when we talked about when me and Bill talked about Jack the Ripper, how it, every, there's a candlelit fucking. That's the, that's the gaslight districts. Yeah, then. it's so it's literally so dark where you barely can see in front of your face. There's this little candle light across, you know, these um, uh, cobblestone walkways and stuff like that, where you can barely see shit. You really can't. Plus, London was foggy as fuck. Oh, oh yeah, and foggy. Were, and like, so I mean. So crazy. So in 1942, you know? living in London was horrifying, obviously. There were the regular bombings and blackouts, and in early February, those blackouts brought something else. The horrifying deaths of four women killed in a single week and left savagely mutilated in a way reminiscent of Jack the Ripper himself. So it just how it many ties in. Copycats exist. I know probably That's a, a lot. Statistic I would love to know like how many people are just like on the next Jack. The Ripper. See, and I've talked about that maybe because we didn't really dive into it on the Jack the Ripper series. Is that I want to bring it back to it maybe later on or for a Patreon episode and talk about the conspiracies surrounding Jack the Ripper because there is a lot. Uh, that it was Prince. The one of them was like a prince, or it was a Masonic yeah. doctor that was doing it to protect yes. the prince. Yep. Oh, yeah, it's crazy stuff, right? The killing started on February 9th with the death of Everlyn Hamilton. Fingerprints on a bloody can opener and were then found alongside the body of Evelyn Oatley. He really liked the two, two victims named Evelyn. 
Very weird. A bloody can opener. Do I want to know where know. this can opener was? What kind of can opener was it, too? It was just one of those old little metal, like, eh, 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 ones. Oh, yeah. You know the ones that look like a lobster claw because they're, like, half hooked? Yes. And just, That's, yeah, it could be that. Or he could have put it, like, on the vagina and tried to open it up wider. Oh. I don't know. That's a bad image. So when you feel like obviously another, it's crazy that two of the, it's just so, you know, I don't know. I don't believe coincidences exist. I know you do, but it is strange. There's strange that there's, I'm not saying all things are, you know, aren't interconnected. I'm saying that coincidence is absolutely a very real fucking thing to you. I think everything everything, with a sane, rational mind. So you're saying I'm not sane or rational. Do you, are you actually asking me that question? Everything happens for a reason, okay? Remember that. No, it does not happen for a reason. It happens for a crazen. All right. Now, cru, uh, cl, cr, uh, I was like, now, uh, cue in the the California raisins, and then they come across the screen playing fucking their jazz fucking uh, instruments. And then they get beat up by my uh, Ontario craisins, which is just dried out cranberries. <laughs> so, fuck you up, raisins. Let's go. It's a turf war. So, uh, the um, Evelyn Oatley was discovered the next day after Evan, uh, um, Evelyn Hamilton was found. So, and then uh, Margaret Florence Loy was killed the day after that. And then Doris Junette. Which is crazy. So one after another, all these women with horrible names are getting murdered. Um, and ac- according to the old police cell museum, it was then that the press started leaning heavily on the blackout ripper angle and it didn't stop him. And obviously you have this, this you know, the, the media, just like we saw in the case of Jack the Ripper likes to uh, sensationalize it, sell more papers. So you make it scary. You put people in a state of fear, much like the media does today. See, they would never, ever, ever continue those practices today. Oh, I know, right? Never. He attacked two more women who were able to fight him off. I wonder how what they did this, like beat him with his purse. And their their names are probably Dolores and... Uh, Mildred. Mildred is a really bad one. Yeah. You got Mildred and uh, Dolores and they're just, you know, beating them off with his, their purses. Get out of here, young man. I don't want your handsy hands on me. Unlike you, I happen to like old timey names. I think they're, they're, they're fun. I think they're like fun many, too. How many I'm just do you hear of now? None. Friedrichs. Frederick. Friedrich, not Frederick. Yeah. What about Adolf? What happened to that name? That name was pretty bang on. <laughs> <laughs> he attacked two uh, more women. I don't here. know what what did happen to that name. I bet you, there had to have been somebody that came along and ruined a name and a mustache for everybody. It's true. And then his name? and that's just crazy. That's why I eventually want to get in Charlie Chaplin too, because Charlie Chaplin was associated with this I, this image of Hitler, even though he was the literally polar opposite of Hitler and his ideologies and his views on humanity and humans and that mustache was a traditional German mustache yeah. for a very long time, and then Hitler fucked it up. Yeah, and meanwhile. Charlie Chaplin wasn't even German. He just liked it. He was one of part of his character. I had a, uh, I had a history teacher who at one point in time used to crack really offensive jokes, which is why I loved him. But one of them was, he's like, you know, what my biggest problem with Hitler was and the whole class is waiting to see where it goes. And he's just like, cause he, he's like, he's like, the motherfucker had the ability to grow facial hair and he fucking butchered it. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad that he couldn't That's grow right. facial hair. I was like, dude, you're fucked. It's true. It's, it's true. So, fucked. so obviously, like, there was two women that were able to fight him off and give law enforcement two things. A gas mask with a serial number and the belt from his actual uniform. That led investigators straight to Gordon Frederick Cummings. That gas mask would later be used by the mad gasser of Mattoon. Yes. Allegedly. 
Yes. Allegedly. Throwback. Throwback. Dun, Go dun, check dun, out dun. our Mad Gasser of Mattoon episode. That people. episode has done very well with downloads. So, um, and a member of the RAF, the ground crew, who had recently been transferred to London for more training as an airman, he was arrested on February 16th, and the jury took 35 minutes to bring back a guilty verdict, and he was hanged in June of the same year. Could you imagine 35 minutes? 35 minutes. He 35 looks minutes like he enjoyed like, killing. Kill yeah. He looks like he enjoyed killing. His eyes tell it all. Yeah, so far we really have only had one person whose picture I was like, I don't think that dude did it. Yeah, this Everybody guy. Else is like, he's a psychopath. All right, you want to get into Henry? Oh, man, look at this fuck. <laughs> look at those eyes. I know. Let's get that into Henry. Beard, though. I hate people that can grow facial hair. Fuck you, Tom. I love my beard. I love your beard, too. <laughs> my beard. I just can't I can't grow out my beard fully because I always just tamper with it a bit. Like, I just want to, like, cue it up. And, and then if it gets too bushy, then I'm like, okay, just trim a little. And then it just you take too much off, and that's the same beard. You've got to go to a pro to do beards. I feel like facial hair is just one of those things that it's, it's all. But you see mine? Yeah. Like, this isn't yeah. a thing. <laughs> the knees are always patchy, so I just have to trim it and even it up, and it's just Yeah, annoying. and haircuts are like... Badass chops, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking haircuts, like everything else, is getting expensive. A racket. Everything's getting expensive. 40 fucking bucks for me to get a haircut without the beard, and it's like... Hey, why do you think I haven't gotten my haircut in three years? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> it's a waste of money. Right. We're, are we dubbing the first Russian, aren't we? Isn't this guy Russian? No, he's another fucking Parisian. Oh, really? Wow, they're yeah. fucking... They hate people. Henry Desiree Landreau. This guy. He was a notorious French serial killer and has been likened to a real-life Bluebeard. Tom, you know the legend of Bluebeard? Yeah, of course he's fucking French. Goddamn French. Anyone that kills a whole bunch of wives is clearly Bluebeard. Or Henry VIII, one of the two. It's true. So in his early life, Landreau was born in Paris. He left school, spent four years in the French army from 1887 to 1891. Uh, he was released from service. He had a sexual relationship with his cousin, knocked her up, said, fuck Jesus. you, I'm not mad at you. So You're good for sucking my dick, and that's it. He's French? Isn't that an Arkansas trait? <laughs> fucking cousin? <laughs> Bro, incest is a fucking worldwide trait. Right, the oh, Egyptians really love that shit. Hence the reason most of their, uh, you know, pharaohs were club-footed with that's severe true. birth effects. Yeah, and you keep it, uh, it's all about keeping the money within the family, or maybe, just maybe, keeping the reptilian bloodline going so they can possess these family members to do their bidding across centuries to orchestrate their agenda of agenda reptilian, the reptilian agenda. I offer a slightly less sinister approach to that, Tom. <laughs> and uh, what was one of the most sacred animals in Egyptian society? A kitty cat. Yep. And what can cats do that most other animals can't do? Sleep for a very long time. They can inbreed for up to six generations. So fucked up. Yeah, they're like, we There's love No these genetic cats. anomalies. So if yeah. you naturally worship a society, or a society that worships a certain animal and consider your royalty to be gods... Yeah, I always, I always said that cats have one foot in this life and one foot in the next life because that's why they yeah, sleep so often. Cats are half in, half out. They're half in of consciousness, and that's why they sleep all the time. Because I believe that I believe in my belief that they're going to another, they're going to an astral realm when they when they sleep. Like they're they're connecting to something else that we will never understand until we're dead. It's maybe. Entirely possible. I mean, animals do have senses that we don't know about. So exactly. who knows? But anyways. 
he married another woman two years later, had four children. He was shortly swindled out of money by a fraudulent employer. He turned to fraud himself, operating scams that usually involved swindling elderly widows. He was sentenced to two years imprisonment in 1900 after being arrested and found guilty of fraud, the first of several such convictions. By 1914, Landrew was estranged from his wife and working as a second-hand furniture dealer. A Is that like furniture. your life goes to shit and you become a used car salesman? Pretty much. But, you know, back in the 1900s it's even France. worse. <laughs> this couch, only three women have died on it. I swear, <laughs> I killed them myself. I mean, I found the couch myself. It is, it, it, it's been fumigated. Don't it's mind the stains. I did my best to scrub the stain out, but that period blood, it all goes nowhere. <laughs> you know, you clubs going do nothing. Uh, I was going to say a really bad joke. Never mind. Okay, let's keep Please going. Please do. No, no, it's really offensive. <laughs> Just keep going. Okay, well, remember it and say it afterwards. <laughs> Uh, Landrieu began to put advertisements in the Lonely Hearts sections in Paris newspapers, usually along the lines of I am a widower with two children. I'm 43 years old with a comfortable income. I am serious and moving in good society. Desire to meet women with a new view of matrimony. With World War I underway, many men, many, many, many men, were being killed in the trenches, leaving plenty of widows upon whom Landrew could prey. Makes sense. Landrew. Easy prey. Yeah. True that. Landrew would seduce them. Uh, he was given access to their assets. He would kill them and burn their dismembered bodies in his oven. Not unlike oh, Bell Gunnis. Fuck. Yeah, yeah, With yeah. The, uh, bring everything you own. Come to my place. I'll give you wonderful life. Oh, and by I, the way, I'm going to mentioning uh, Bell Gunnis, too. We, it. I think it's appropriate that we start diving into some female serial killers pretty soon. I, I something about Eileen Warnos just makes my fucking skin crawl. I'll, uh, I don't know what it I'll is. do it with Billy because he loves that woman. He finds her extremely attractive. It's what? It's his dream. Wait, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Does Billy find Charlize Theron playing Eileen Warnos <laughs> attractive, or does he find that piece of fucking messed out Florida trailer trash attractive? He finds her attractive when she was in her twenties. Dude, she's hideous. <laughs> she's fugly as fuck. Billy has an, uh, an attraction to women who like crowbars up the vagina. I don't even think that happened. <laughs> I know, I'm just joking. Let's carry on. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that Thelma and Louise with the crowbar? No. What? Why would that happen with Thelma and Louise? One of them's raped in Thelma and Louise. It's what sets off the whole murder spree. Is that the whole movie? Is that movie based on anything real? I think it might be loosely based on Eileen Warnos, to be honest, but I don't know. Really, I, I don't know. I've, I've never watched maybe. that movie. I've only seen clips of it, and I've seen I, it I've Wayne's World. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen the most. I know it's <laughs> just keep going, man. <laughs> the Wayne's World bit. Oh God damn it, Tom! Uh, <laughs> uh, between 1914 and 1918, Landrew claimed 11 victims, 10 women plus the teenage son of one of his victims. With no bodies, the victims were just listed as missing, and it was virtually impossible for the police to know what had happened to them. Landrieu used a wide variety of aliases in his schemes. His aliases were so numerous that they had to keep a ledger listing all of the women with whom he had corresponded. Shit, he had and so which many different particular names. identity he used for each of them. I am Brian Ryan. I'm, yeah, and the next day he's Ryan that? Brian. <laughs> so how are you just not like... I know. It's, my name is uh, Fernando Mezier-Blef-Siftiofue. <laughs> and uh, I I am here to, to assure you that my name is Jacques-Luc. Oh, wait. No, fuck. That was the other women that gave that name, too. How do you keep track of that? That's true. You have to, There's like, no way. I wish you had a little notebook and you're like, all right. Margaret, today. I told her my name is Jean-Luc. 
Fernando was Gertrude. (laughs) Fuck, I can't read my handwriting here. Son of a bitch! (laughs) (laughs) So, the list of victims is as follows. Madame Couchet, last seen on January 1915. Son of Madame Couchet, which sounds like a very bad horror movie. Uh, last seen January of 1915 as well. Madame Le Bordelin, last seen June 26th. Why all her name's Madame? Madame Guillen. It's the same thing as uh, Frau is- or Air. Oh. Madame just means miss. Okay. Uh, Madame Guillon, Madame Heon, Madame Coulomb, Andre Beblet. Madame Besson, Madame Jaume, Madame Pascal, and Madame Marchedaire. Why was one of them named Andre? Andre Babier. <laughs> so on no, in November of 1921, Landry stood trial on 11 counts of murder. He was convicted on all counts, sentenced to death, and guillotined three months later in Versailles. A lot of guillotines, a lot of, a lot of hanging, and a lot of uh, choppy choppy the head. I would like yeah, to see a guillotine actually happen to see if it actually does take more oof, than one try. I don't. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm all set. When was the guillotine last used? The guillotine was last used 1977. Wow. Landrew traced a picture of his kitchen on the trial, including it at the stove in which he was accused of burning his victims. He gave this drawing to one of his lawyers, Auguste Nevier's de Tru. In December 1967, the drawing was made public. Written in pencil on the back, Landrew had written, Seigneur Paul le Murdier, lequel il se passa, quelque chose mas bien la cuisinière dans la cuire on a quelque chose. It's not the wall behind which a thing takes place, but indeed the stove in which a thing has been burned. My apologies to all of our French listeners. I know I butchered that. Uh, You did did better than I would. This has been interpreted as Landreau's confession to his crimes. Uh, So in popular culture, back to Charlie Chaplin, Landreau was the inspiration for Charlie Chaplin's film, Monsieur Verdeau. The original story was written by Orson Welles. Uh, 20-year-old Orson Welles is my uh, ultimate man crush ever. Yes, I've heard. Uh, However, since Chaplin did not like to be directed by anyone but himself, Chaplin bought the story from Wells. Chaplin then wrote, directed, and starred in Monsieur Verdeau. Uh, in 1960s film Bluebeard's Ten Honeymoons stars George Sanders as Ledreau. A uh, 1967 film Lendreau, directed by Claude Chabrol, was inspired by the murders. Wow, the 1963 episode of The Twilight Zone, The New Exhibit, a wax figure of Lendreau, plays an important role. The case yeah. also featured in one of the episodes of the 1976 BBC series Second Verdict. Oh. Uh, 2005 French movie, 2001 satirical journalist wrote under the pseudonym... Jean-Baptiste Biotel and, and published a book entitled Lendre, Precursor of Feminism. Uh, accounts in English include Dennis Bardin's The Lady Killer, Life of Landreau, The French Bluebeard, and William Bolitho's Murder for Profit. Wow, he uh, inspired a lot Severed head is on display at the Museum of Death in Hollywood, California. What? Which is no longer operational. Yeah, I, that was the part that blew me away. His head Sorry, was, was on long, display? But I wanted to get that. That's awesome. It's a Museum of Murder Curiosities, so yeah. That's aw- we should go. It's closed. Oh, shit. I want yeah, it just closed. I want to say during the pandemic, it closed, which sucks. I've uh, always wanted to go because they had a couple of Charlie. Man- I think they had Charlie Manson's jacket. I would steal that. You'd get to try it on, but <laughs> apparently like, unless you're, you know, a child that ain't fitting you. Cause now I start, I start yelling. Oh God. <laughs> All right. Help me pronounce this bitch's name. 
Which one? Leonardo Sinciulia. Sienna Suilia. Leonardo Sienna Suilia. Is she Italian? Uh, Which accent do I do this in? What? Which accent do I do this in? Was she Italian or no? Uh, she is Italian. Yes, she is. Yeah, that name. Well, Leonardo is the dead fucking giveaway in the Italian. Leonardo, what a name. Leonardo Sinicidia. I'm looking at pronunciation. C-I-A-N-C-I. Sienciuli. Leonardo Cianciuli. Sienciuli. Uh, I just, it's supposed to be, it's, it sounds like. Leonardo Cianciuli. Leonardo Cianciuli is supposed to be how it's pronounced. Cianciuli? Leonardo yeah. Cianciuli. Leonardo Cianciuli. I literally looked up her name pronunciation. It is Leonardo Cianciuli. Leonardo Cianciuli. Yep. Leonardo Cianciuli. Did you hear it? Yep. So, Did you? Yeah. Leonardo Cianciuli, even though it doesn't look like it at all. See, she is, uh, she is a looker. She is a looker. She's someone you want to rub your feet at night. You know who she looks like? She looks like uh, what's her fuck from the Goonies. Oh, she does the mother. Telly. Yeah. yeah. So Leonardo Chanchili, um, which is this is why I butcher names because it does not look like it sounds like that at all. Yeah, I don't speak Italian. I don't know. So Leonardo Chanchili had already lost thirteen children to either miscarriage or childhood death. Yeah. Four survived when son Giuseppe was drafted into the Italian army in 1939. It seemed like just one more step towards fulfilling the prophecy. An old woman fortune teller who had told her years before that she would live to see all of her children die. Pretty fucked up. And that's why you don't go to fortune tellers folks. Cause it will fuck with your head. It's true. Um, yeah, I I would like to talk more about psychics one day on this podcast because I do believe in some, not all, but some. And uh, I would say there's certainly people that would have a natural gift for. Yeah. So Leonardo became uh, convinced that if she offered a sacrifice, that her fortune would change and spare her son's life. So that's exactly what she did. Over the course of two years, she drugged and killed three middle-aged women from her village. But it gets even more gruesome than that. Leonardo wrote extensively on how she disposed of their bodies. Here we go. Fanista Seti, Francesca Solvi, and Virginia Capacopio. Capacopio, whatever. <laughs> You're doing wonderful. They were dismembered and butchered. At least some of their blood was collected, dried, and turned into fucking cakes. Make to me, unto me, cakes of light. Take them in and ingest them. Then serve to friends and family. She made cakes out of her victims. She kept the fat as well, writing... When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne, and after a long time on the boil, I would... Here, you fucking read this in your Italian accent like an old woman. When it had melted, I added a bottle of cologne, and after a long time under the boil, I was able to make some most acceptable cream of soap. I gave bottles to neighbors and acquaintances. That woman was really sweet. <laughs> You look, you look famished. You know, you, you know, you, you make mama angry. <laughs> it's me, it's Mario. 
<laughs> oh, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> she was captured when the when the sister-in-law of her last victim went to the authorities. So like, yo, this frumpy old bitch definitely uh definitely did something with my uh with my hey, sister-in-law. Hey, hey, detective, I know you have a job to do, but uh, you look <laughs> you look hungry. I'm making I, I got some sauce on the party. Go, you come in and eat and eat. Oh, you you're scary. Look at dry. I, I have a bar here for you. It it will uh, moisturize your skin. It gives it nice. Just make sure to use and you use your lovely wife too. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, I no, I, I hold in the cap, but I can't kill anybody. Get out of my house. <laughs> and uh, she actually confessed immediately. She's like, she almost like was like, well, you caught me. Um, I'm done. So she was given 30 year sentence and died in an asylum in 1970. She went she to the nut. It took you so long. Yeah, she she went to the the nutty asylum. So that was serial killers under the cover of war. There was one specific person that we'll be diving into that is technically part of serial killers that are that killed under. Well, he didn't really kill, kill under the cover of war, but there's one specific person. I'm even to mention him that we will get into eventually because it is a big big topic he's a big name and you true crime nerds know who we're talking about we're yeah. not going to say it but just be on the lookout for the one big wartime killer that we omitted yeah so uh obviously i want to do this get into this because we're starting to lead up to getting into full-on we've done some serial killers but now we're getting into more true crime i figure you know next down down the docket and stuff like that um we'll have some interesting stuff coming out and um I think soon, soon, I think the next time you hear me and Anton, uh, we'll probably, I don't know why I was doing an accent there, uh, but we will, uh, I think we should get back into some, uh, maybe aliens or some paranormal. We can definitely do that. And, uh, just for all you wonderful, wonderful folks, uh, coming down the pipeline, Tom and I are going to be taking a journey, a journey to a place that kind of smells like sulfur a little bit and, yes. uh, it gets, it gets really warm until you get to the very bottom, in which case it's frozen. Yeah, we're uh, we are in talks to do an entire series. Uh, well, it kind of gets it dives in everything. Um, you know, what I mean, shout this out because it's coming. But yes, we're gonna talk about hell, then maybe talk about Anton Lavey, and then get into some Satanist talk. So it's gonna be actually somewhere around spooky season yes. to start that series up. Yeah, that's probably a good idea somewhere down the docket, but it's going to be a big one, uh, probably a th- uh, three-parter because it's all going to be different episodes, but they're all going to kind of interconnect. So it should be a fun time. Maybe uh, start a hell episode in August when it gets really fucking hot so yeah. everybody can just be like, hey, well, it was covered a while ago, but I'm sure we could do it more justice, and I'm sure the fans would enjoy it too because this is back in the the I don't know what I should call it the the just in times, um, just in times. Uh, but we talked about obviously um, uh, uh, human combustion, spontaneous human combustion, which I think mm-hmm. would be fun to get back into and redo it because as I've said throughout the way we have, we have lost certain episodes that I don't think we're up to whatever par we have, whatever, uh, whatever, uh, I don't know what the expression I want to use, but you said it. Yeah. We're, we, we, yeah. So we're, we want to eventually, and that's what's coming up soon. Uh, we'll be after this one will be me and Billy will be diving into one of a very famous case, uh, of, uh, suicide so it's it's kind of funny that we talked about heaven's gates cult and the next one that you will hear billy on after this episode is back to suicide uh wink wink hint hint you shall see 
We should definitely get into the Clinton suicides at some point in time. There's going to be a Just lot the, of stuff. The body is fucking uh, connected with the Clinton name and the Clinton Foundation. Yeah, I eventually want to get into uh, the Franklin cover-up because that's fucked up. Oh, really so fucked up. Sad. Dude, that, that's, a, that's a fuck story. But yeah, um, I'm looking forward to doing that about as much as I'm looking forward to having to listen to the fucking Jonestown day tape again. Yeah, that's going to happen soon, too. So, you know what? You, we love all the fans. Stay strange out there. You know, rate and review is the best way to get our names out there. And also, you know, uh, what helps us is Patreon. www.patreon.com slash strangefruitpodcast. There is a lot of episodes coming out there. Um, me and Anton will have a new episode coming out there soon. We have strange. Well, Patreon also helps us to ensure that you know the the overhead to keep the lights on for yes. for lack of a better term. Plus, you know, once all the uh, the fascism in uh, Canada stops, uh, we're hoping that Tom and I will be able to get together and do some live shows in person as yes. well for you guys. Yes, and also like doing film stuff for if uh, hopefully yes when the fascism. I'm going to take this together. hoser around the fucking uh, American side of the falls, and, and we'll uh, probably film it when we we have our fight when we get together. I think it would be a good idea to literally film us meeting each other like i have a pretty good camera on my phone we'll do a whole thing where we film the whole time i'm kind of down hopefully that happens soon when all these hopefully you know i'm uh not a prisoner in my country anymore yeah fingers crossed um so yeah and you know where to find us so www.strangerpodcast.com you can follow me on twitch if you're inclined to watch us play horror games before they get put on the patreon uh at strange brew ttv but there is a lot of stuff coming on the patreon there is even we have lost tape episodes coming out that are episodes that have been you know exiled uh because maybe they were uh we were you know either like drunk or just having a little too much fun which the people that are coming to the Patreon know what they're going to get. They're going to get a bunch of crazy, dark humor, offensive content to some people, not all people, but we're going to release a bunch of Lost Tapes episodes throughout the years of stuff that, you know, when we started and we were just going over the top, you know. We're going to have, uh, we got some new merch coming down too. Yes. From uh, the fine folks at Paranoid American uh, and uh, the wonderful, wonderful Ryan Miz who made this beautiful logo as well yes i'm excited uh, working on one for us it's almost done so those are going to be coming out soon uh follow me at invader daggett underscore ttv over on twitch i'm usually streaming dead by daylight or some other fun shiz that we played devour and phasmophobia earlier Fuck yeah uh, and hp shovecraft on instagram of course folks yeah do it uh, up now also uh, alt media network yes so we're part of a new uh yeah we're part of a new network um you know uh i know you guys are a huge fan so we're on that we're sharing the same network as tinfoil hat which is pretty higher side chats my family thinks i'm crazy uh a lot of big time names paranoid american all the all the all of your favorite conspiracy big boys we are part of that group in the same swimming in the same ocean exactly uh because you know what we tried with one and we got kicked off which this this network is literally about uh, making sure freedom of speech is um, cemented in our lives. So stay strange, all you fuckers. Oh, yeah, and keep watching the skies, you crazy bastards. I'm the one with the rude talk, the one that people know not to fuck with, cause the dude's smart. I see evil souls, destructive whose thoughts ought to do harm, corruptly the blows, punching cold hearts. Young Ron walk on your soul to art, you will never belong. I'll be on Mars with the devils with the snake tongues. Well, you're all clones on boss, trying to rebel against the Freemasons. I'm on a higher level, I push past St. Peter and kick the gates down. You're shook, look at the facts, take a battle axe to your brain. I'm the leader, look at me, I'm the sick patient. Your faith will be placed on the ground. You're awake.
around when the freak's known You have explosive, violent episodes Well, maybe not now that I'm grown I'm real, but you're owned You're a clone You're known to have shown no backbone I can't leave rap alone You need me Live, breathe, and act stone We leaves green trees Give me some depth though Cause when I get past the mic, yo You can't stop this Five o'clock in the morning, cold and bored and tired.